Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. There's been a lot of talks recently about the mental health of our president. Hope Hicks leaving his cabinet. Trump communications director, fourth one in and out. Gary Cohn's departure yesterday, leaving the White House. As an economic advisor, there's articles being written that this time Trump may be going off the mental deep end, and he's becoming angry and belligerent, that he's tired of working against leaks in his own cabinet. Wrong. And that's got Wall Street worried. It's a, a demon unknown or a, an uncertainty. Speaking of uncertainties, there's one certainty CFP Chad Burton will be hanging out with me, Rob Black. Thursday evening, not tonight, but tomorrow night, Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar, March 8th, Crown Plaza Hotel, Foster City. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com, and we'll talk Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning from 6.30 to 8.30 at the Crown Plaza Hotel. Chad, you are that certainty, but the market's seen a lot of uncertainty right now. Are we going for another correction? I do not know my crystal ball is broken, but that's why I talked about corrections at the 6 o'clock hour, because people haven't seen one for a while, so you have to remind them what they look like, how bad they can feel, and just when they feel so, so bad, that's an amazing buying opportunity. So um, even though the market really just kind of went up 7%, pulled back 7%, and just wiped out the gains, we really haven't seen a decline, right, a, a big decline, which tends to last three and a half months to the downside, two and a half to three and a half months to the downside, and another three and a half months to get back up to even. That's the typical correction. So five to six months of pain is sometimes what it can feel like. Very normal. And a lot of times years end up positive, even when you have to go through that pain during that 12-month period. So a uh, little return of volatility, but Rob, I mean, down 18 points on the S&P 500, 0.7% right now after a resignation of Gary Cohn. That's not that big of a deal. No, it's getting a lot of attention, though, because of a little bit of the angst. Um, we've been talking about inflation-limited resources in retirement. That's something that's really, that's probably the biggest freakout for me, knowing that once I take my foot off the gas, it's going to be tough for me to get a, a good-paying job to replace high expectations. Um, limited resources in retirement. Let's talk a little bit about that. Well, yeah, that's why I kind of say that you know people are going to be have limited resources, low interest rates, and then massive changes in healthcare and science and technology all coming together to improve our lives and on longevity. So you got to you know that's why I'm telling people that if you're thinking you're going to retire young, never retire young. You know, before 55, unless you can just live off of your real estate income, your stock dividends, and your bond interest, and not have to dip into principal for many years, you know, go for that that uh, passive income approach where you make work optional. Just the term retirement will probably just go away. Um, so, inflation is a real thing, Rob, and that's the kind of the biggest thing is you know, the low rates to stimulate the economy have hurt people that are retired with their bonds and CDs, but the tariffs will be you know, that's that thing that 
the economy is two-thirds consumer. And where people feel that inflation in retirement is when, you know, your goods cost more money. So that, that it's definitely an issue you got to really be careful of on your projections in retirement. It's funny, a lot of people don't think of inflation. And when they do, they, they kind of like edge themselves out of it. They don't edge themselves into it. Um, if that makes any sense, like, for instance, let's say I like video games. A good video game now costs 80 and $90. Back in the day, it used to cost 60 But I don't think of it. You know, like, I'm like, I, I like game. Like, I want to play. Kind of, It's a tough thing to explain, but we tend to edge ourselves out of inflation um, for whatever reason. So let's talk yeah. a little further. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say the way it works in retirement, too, is you kind of, you know, you set up your, your program and you have your amount of income that you're taking and you're rebalancing your portfolio. And then three to five years go by and you're like, gosh, this money just isn't going far enough. I, I, is it okay if I take out more? And theoretically, the, your plan is supposed to assume you take out 3% more a year. And you don't do that. You go three to five years before you you increase that amount. But in order to safely increase that amount, you have to be measuring your portfolio returns and your expenses to know whether or not it is okay to increase that amount. Because if you've gone five years with less return in your portfolio than you've expected, you might need to reduce your costs rather than pull more money out of your portfolio. Sounds interesting. Sounds good. I'm going to see you tomorrow night, Thursday, Crown Plaza, San Mateo, essentially Foster City. Uh, people can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. We get a copy of your podcast, get some downloadables that are absolutely free by going to newfocusfinancial.com. Went on the events page, click Radio 25 uh, to get in for free. Radio 25 to get you in for free. The other day you mentioned like not retiring until you're 55 or 60. And I come back to that one a little bit, Chad, because my dad had his first major heart attack at 53. Could have died, but they found cancer wow. in his lungs. So then at 50... Um, no, yeah, about, so his first major heart attack about 52, about three years from here for me. And then a year later it comes back and they said, you know, they, they get the other lung and then the last six months of his life, you know, this all happened in five and a half years, all within five and a half years. Um, that whole 55, 60, maybe I don't have longevity in my life cause I'm more stressed than my dad. I work harder. I, it's a tougher world I think than it was for him. He only fought in Vietnam twice. You know, it's it's kind of an issue. You have the ability to get new major deep physicals. They cost some money, and they're going to go beyond what your typical preventative care does. But, you know, if, if you're worried about that, Rob, and you're trying to make decisions about retirement, part of it is, well, how is your health? And do you have <laughs> health issues that you can fix by diet and exercise, or do you have health issues that are just, you know, genetics and and you know, that might affect when you take your Social Security and might affect when you retire, the, the memories you create today. So yeah, health is such an important part of retirement. And people that go into retirement and the first thing to do is focus on their health and exercise tend to be the happiest. I'm with you. So um, <clears throat> people can learn more about the Wealth uh, the Preservation Retirement Planning event this Thursday. That's tomorrow. Wow, that came up fast. 630 to 830, Crown Plaza, Foster City. Um, lots of good content. You can find out more at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. What do you think about the target data retirement, uh, the target date retirement funds? Fidelity's got some out in particular that have people fascinated, especially with the recent market correction. Yeah, yeah. And I did a uh, show yesterday. You can get the podcast for the Tuesday 
show, um, New Focus Financial, chatburton.com, because the, the big story out there was the Fidelity Freedom 2020 Fund, which is the target date retirement fund 2020, was down 8%. Um, and so that's a big decline for people that think that, oh, I'm going to be retiring in two years. This is supposed to be a more conservative asset allocation. And back in 2014, Fidelity kind of made decisions to go heavy on equities. So in one sense, that's paid off over the last couple of years. But in another sense, that's too much risk for people that are retired. I hate these funds for people that are close to retirement. I absolutely despise target date retirement funds for 2020, 2025, maybe even 2030. But if you're you're younger and you're trying to figure out what to invest in in your 401k and you're looking at 2050, 2060 funds, if you can find them, and you want to make one investment that's fully diversified and not think about it in your 401k or your Roth, they're great. Mm -hmm. But for retired people... You don't really know what's in them. You're paying for higher fees in those funds without really direct advice. And the bond choices are not great. Don't like them. Got CFP Chad Burton out there. He'll be with me tomorrow evening. He does the show 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. here Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Fridays. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Big event tomorrow evening. Tomorrow evening. It's 6.30 to 8.30. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Use code radio25 to get in for free. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Big event coming up tomorrow night, Thursday. Inside of Mateo, Crown Plaza Hotel, 6.30 uh, There is a restaurant there, so get there early, have a little food. Oh uh, my there's a bar my there. My. Stay there a little longer, have a drink. So I was reading a uh, Canadian, Canadian pension fund. Um, I'm always interested in thinking, what, seeing what other people are thinking, whether it's pension funds or economists or strategists or tech predictors. Um, and what I saw them do in the month of December, they're not going to tell you a lot of what they're doing immediately for legal reasons, but they do have to tell you every 90 days. So back in December, they doubled down on General Electric, not the smartest move. Apple, AT&T, Citigroup, and Wells Fargo. GE looked like a bargain at the end of the third quarter. Shares were already down 21%. GE shares continued to fall, though, doubling the loss to 43% by the end of 2017. So this company's coming out, this pension fund is coming out and saying, okay, we're going to tell you why we own Wells Fargo. We're going to tell you why we own Time Warner. And we may not give you everything, but we're going to tell you why. And they'll give you a little bit of history of things like Apple shares trounced the performance of the S&P 500, rising 48% compared to 20% respectively last year. The stock was already up 36% for the year at the start of the fourth quarter, but it even rose more. Um, so they don't really tell you why they bought <clears throat> Apple. They didn't say it was like the iPhone 10 was able to crush it, was able to slice bread. Uh, no, in fact, they basically said, you know, the performance was good, and we kind of jumped on top of that. Now, what's frustrating about this is this is investing, and you can read... Pension funds, you can read Wall Street Research, you can get a newsletter, 
there's all sorts of stuff out there for you to grab onto. And I just want you to be careful because sometimes um, it'll get in your head a little bit. So for Apple, their next big earnings update is going to come May 1st. And for Apple, you're always looking at product cycles of the phone, of the watch, you know, Fitness trackers are so dead. Long live the Apple Watch. It's like personal digital assistants are dead. Long live the Apple phone. Podcasts. Not podcasts, but uh, do you remember music hard drives that we had to walk around with? I don't even know what they were called. Um, well, that's an iPod, but there was a bigger one. There was, oh, there was a company called Arcos that had this big old hard drive. I mean, it was like the size of like three wallets. Or almost like a small shoebox, a baby shoebox. And uh, you had all your music on that. It's just kind of funny how fast things change and uh, how we're able to say things that sound crazy today. I think self-driving cars are going to be such a game changer, but we could talk about that at a later time, right? Um, let's see what else is there out there. Does American Steel need more protection? No. Papa John's wants to get back to making pizzas. Poor Papa John's, right? Poor Papa John's. Long live, long live Domino's. You know, I'm sure some Italian's about to roll over in his grave right now. Probably your your grandfather, uh, Guido. Domino's is now the largest pizza maker in the world. They overtook Pizza Hut of pizzas per day. So just throwing it out there for you. Just throwing it out there for you. I'm not a pizza fanatic, so I'll stop there. Um, 800-516-1220 to each calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to each calls in the air. Um, I've seen some really bad calls from individuals, and one of them is that they want cheap stocks. There's no difference between a $5 stock and a $500 stock. Um, the $5 stock, if there's, how many shares are there? So $500, how many shares are there? So it's really kind of important. The small doesn't mean better. And just because the stock's $3 and go to $4, you're like, that's a 33% return. The same likelihood of a 33% return can happen with a $10 stock, a $20 stock, a $50 stock, a $100 stock. What's the market cap? How many shares are outstanding? What's the company do? Oh, I got CNBC on in the background. We have this big graphic. Trade war looming. Well, that's not going to help. But back to the individual investor who makes, I think, a ton of mistakes. One of them is small cap investing. Uh, Now, they're trying to find a small company to become a mid-sized company. And that doesn't mean a $3 stock to become a $4 stock. Small companies have fallen behind. So if we get into a trade war, small companies could do well. Because they're part of the Russell 2000. is probably the easiest place to find them. Or an ETF with the name small cap in front of it. Or an index with the name small cap growth or small cap value. So you keep hearing about trade wars and keep, you know, you know Cohen just left the White House. And Wall Street dips 1% on that news, right? Big deal, no big deal. Probably not a big deal. Except for, Cohen was considered like one of the smarter people at the White House. 
that he took the job for the greater good of probably helping preserve wealth in his family for years and years and years to come. I don't know. I'm not going to get into the political sarcasms. Um, but what I will say is that um, Cohen was considered a bright guy. So when he goes, you kind of wonder who's going to come in next. Is it going to be Cudlow from CNBC? Who's it going to be? Like, you start thinking about it. And if we have a trade war with steel and aluminum and, you know, aluminum cans get a little more expensive and cars get a little bit more expensive, we'd see inflation. Our Federal Reserve might, you know, not raise interest rates as much. Um, or maybe they're raising faster kind of thing. We don't really know. It depends on how they interpreted the data. Uh, but small cap companies don't really have to go overseas. So they could be a smart play if you think things are going to get a little dicey, a little choppy here. It's getting, it's getting, it's getting kind of choppy. It's getting, it's getting, it's getting kind of choppy. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Uh, Papa John's in the news. Pizza in the news. You can find uh, Big Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar tomorrow night, March 8th, 630 to 830, Crown Plaza Hotel, Foster City. Um, registration's $25. We're almost full, but you can use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. It's code RADIO25. Passive versus active portfolio management, good and bad retirement products. Listen to the commercial during the break, social security strategies, transition your portfolio, you to retire, and much, much more. Sign up now. Go to robblackshow.com. Use the code radio 25. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. (laughs) Gary Cohn's resignation from the Trump administration rattles Wall Street. If you listen to the show on a regular basis and you're part of the 20-hour club, keep in mind I probably only do about 14 hours live, 15 hours live, right? So if you're part of that club, you know that last week I got a little bit nervous with the trade war talk. And then, I'm not going to say out of nowhere because it's been pretty regularly happening, but the, a high-level official resigning... And on his way out, he takes a shot at the president by saying, I only use 20% of my brain capacity working for Trump. <clears throat> he said he's upset, apparently. Gary Cohen, the former Goldman Sachs executive and National Economic Council the president, reportedly wasn't in a position to give it his all at the White House. To show the president that it was going to be a bad idea on the tariffs on steel and aluminum, he invited some CEOs of companies. And uh, Trump didn't want anything to do it. Cancel the meeting before it happened. Cohen walked out. This is a fine-tuned machine. Cohen reportedly spent his time reviewing the basics of economics at the White House and remarked that he was working at just 20% of his capacity. Um, on the way out, he says it's been an honor. So, there you go. Um, so, could we head for a recession? I think that's a very good question. And if we get a recession, then we're going to get some negative comps in Wall Street more than likely, right? Because you're going to get some negative comps in the economy, and negative comps in the economy are going to translate into what companies are projected in the future. Corrections. Let's talk to CFP Chad Burton. I'm going to meet with CFP Chad Burton tomorrow night. You can meet with him, too. Uh, he's coming to Foster City to do the 630 to 830 live event from uh, Crown Plaza in Foster City. 630 you can meet with him and me tomorrow. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com and use code radio25. CFP Chad Burton, let's talk corrections. 
Uh, not only have things been really, really good since pretty much a straight roll up since 2009, March of 2009, when the last correction that we had, the last major correction that we had bottomed out, but the global economy is doing extremely well despite talks of trade wars and everything else. Um, we're in a kind of a Goldilocks era right now. We still have low interest rates. Economies around the world are doing well enough so that central banks are starting to exit out of their stimulus programs, which is a good thing. We need rates to return to normal. Um, but markets do correct. You got a little taste of it right after the first of the year, right? But not really, because the market went up like 7% from January to when the correction started, and then it just kind of took just a few days to wipe that 7% gain out, and now we've retraced a good portion of that. Um, of course, with futures where they are with the resignation of Gary Cohn, that, you know, we, we should see how it goes. So I want to just remind people how market corrections look, because I had a big problem in the 2006-2007 timeframe of getting people to stick with a strategy in retirement. And most of that was people were starting to get irritated that I was telling them to have so much cash in retirement. My strategy is very the safe money strategy is key to this. And how you calculate that is key. It's not three years worth of expenses in cash. It's three years worth of portfolio draws in cash. You have to figure out how much principal out of all of your accounts you need every year after you have your expenses, you have your income from Social Security and pensions, you might have rental income. What's left over, that's your principal draw. And you need three years worth of that in safe, safe money. And the reason why is very clear. So when I got into this business 24 plus years ago, I got in early. I got in at 19 years old. That's when I got my first license. And at the time, I was majoring in engineering and math. I loved math. I was a you know, kid in calculus in high school and stuff like that. Just loved math. Loved numbers. And the thing that I noticed once I started really falling in love with investing is averages. Everybody always talked about how the market averages 11%. And that's kind of a bad thing to tell people without setting them up and how it gets to that number. Because almost never does the market return between 8 and 13%. It's been like eight times in the last 100 years. When the market is positive, the average amount is much higher. Years of 20% plus returns are not uncommon in the stock market if you look a year-over-year history. So that average of 11%, very rarely does it hit right on that number. You have to back that up and say, look, what happens is the market kind of pre-prices in what is expected for the next year. So a lot of times what happens is the market goes up for two or three years, and then it pulls back. 70% of the time, the market's positive. 30% of the time, the market's negative. When the market is negative, the average decline is 13%. And most of you are forgetting that because we haven't seen that for a while. And when you haven't seen something for a while, when it happens, it feels so new that you think, oh, it's different this time. I better get out. And mistakes are made when you have to sell. When you have to sell because you have no risk tolerance to deal with the declines because you have no education on the declines, you have to sell so you can sleep at night. That's a mistake. If you are in retirement and you have to sell because you need to pay your mortgage 
and all of your utilities, that's a mistake. You didn't have enough cash on the sidelines. And we're dealing with some of those issues. My planning team is dealing with some of those issues right now where people are saying, oh, I've got too much cash on the sidelines. It's, yeah, it's earning a little bit more these days, but the market's doing so well. We have all this stimulus. We have these tax cuts. Shouldn't I just kind of get this to work? No. You need your three years worth of expenses and safe money. Safe money is things like FDIC insured accounts. You could put safe money in things like Capital One 360 online, FDIC insured banks, uh, Synchrony Bank, those types of places where you can get almost 2% on your cash. Now, in some cases, and this is another segment, maybe I'll get to it today. If you're you know, three to five years away from retirement and you want to get a little bit more out of that safe money because you don't need it anytime soon, there's certain fixed and indexed annuities that are less than five, five years or less that are not commission-based that can be right for you or equity link CDs that are FDIC insured. Another show, we'll talk about that later, but this is why you do it. Most market corrections will last two and a half months. So when you see a typical market correction, which is a 10% correction, they last two and a half months. So to be a correction, it has to be over 10%. The average correction is 13%. It takes another three and a half months to recover typically. That's the average. So when you see a correction, it's typically two and a half months down and then another three and a half months to recover on the typical like 10 to 18% type of decline. All right. What we just saw wasn't anywhere near that. That was really 7% up and then it got wiped out because of some, some spooky news really soon. So it wasn't even a real correction. It really wasn't. Now, a lot of stocks corrected into corrective territory on the individual basis and created some buying opportunities for sure. But on average, the overall market really didn't have a big correction. And I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Oprah. Is this a story about Disney opening up a new ride called Oprah Mountain? No. From her Montecito-based home. Got to be Oprah sells a healthy portion of her Weight Watcher stock for a huge profit. When I say huge, I'm talking about big old hands, huge, huge hands. Huge. So when when Oprah Winfrey got to uh, endorse Weight Watchers, yeah, everyone snarks a little bit. You know, she's a big woman. She's done this before. She's gained weight. She's lost weight. She's gained weight. She's lost weight. She's gained weight. She's lost weight. But talking about a celebrity endorsement that's like almost perfect. It's kind of interesting because you have to be careful with stocks not to have celebrity endorsements. So, like, having someone like Ben Stein go, oh, I love that Rob Black, that could be considered illegal. Like I can't, you know, Bueller. I can't have uh, Joe Montana say, you know, Rob Black's the best investment god ever. Work with Rob Black. I'd love for that to happen, but it's kind of a celebrity endorsement. But Oprah is selling a big, healthy portion of her Weight Watcher stock for a huge profit. If you think about a good celebrity endorser, she's you know, she's in with the women. She's in with a positive attitude. She's in with living life to its fullest. So she sold for about eight hundred, nine hundred percent profit from where she bought the stocks when she was uh, originally brought in to be their spokesperson. Amazon's doing something that I kinda love about Amazon. They're well, they're being Amazon right now. And it was announced today that they're going after Medicaid. Low-income shoppers, I know you're saying, wait, 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 what? We've heard a little bit about them going after 
uh, pharmacy, maybe, maybe not. And then you hear Medicaid. So they're rolling out their discounted prime program to Medicaid users. So instead of paying twelve ninety nine a year or twelve ninety nine a month, you're paying five ninety nine a month. And the real area of growth for internet commerce, e commerce, it's the lower end. And that's exactly why companies like Walmart said this week that they want to get into banking. So, because lower end may not have credit cards, but they have a bank account, and if they have a job, tap right in, ramp up uh, cheap Prime for them, more sales. It's the super center model that Walmart invented. Get people to buy diapers, and maybe they'll buy eggs too. And the money's in the volume, volume, volume. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, I got a big event coming up tomorrow night at the Crown Plaza Hotel in San Mateo, Foster City. You can learn more by going to robblackshow.com. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do mean that. I know there's hundreds and hundreds of options out there. And uh, I appreciate you, to say the least. So a little tech talk. Um, a lot of analysts are not, not a lot, but analysts are now starting to come a little bit more further out and saying we're having problems with iPhone 10 growth assumptions. So you'll be hearing that in the future. I was reading some research on company that uh, buys stocks for the long term. So it's always interesting for me to see, you know, what he's looking at. Things like Dent Supply, which does x-ray stuff for dentists. Global Payments, which does, you know, kind of a PayPal kind of world. Adobe Systems is one of their largest holdings. And you always think about Adobe as, you know, a, you know Adobe Photo and Illustrator and uh, some of the music programs that they've got together. But when the internet first started really ramping up, Adobe kind of tried to get in front of everything to make animations and GIFs. And, uh, they tried to be everything in that area. So <clears throat> Global Payments is one of this fund's top holdings, as is, like I said, uh, Adobe. And when you look at Adobe, it makes no sense on a one-year basis. But when you take a look at it on a 10-year basis, you're like, I wish I owned it. Global Payments is a merchant acquirer a financial institution that processes card payments for merchants. It's run by a guy named Jeff Sloan. He's an ex-Goldman Sachs guy. Um, they're number eight in market share. They purchased a company called Heartland, which was number nine. So then they became the number six largest merchant acquirer. So they aren't chasing Walmart. They're really looking after small and medium-sized businesses, trying to help businesses grow the business. So it's one of those... Swipe plays fintech without necessarily being hardcore fintech in your face. Hardcore fintech in your face. I don't even know what that means. But retirement income strategies and estate planning seminar, March 8th, 630 to 830. Crown Plaza Hotel, Foster City. That's tomorrow night. Registration is $25. You can get in if you use the code radio 25, radio 25 to get in for free. Um, so... I think one of the reasons Wall Street's kind of freaked out with what's going on with Gary Cohn and Trump and other such scenarios, I think it's that you always thought that there's a couple people who could try to rein in Trump when he gets mad or when he gets 
um, going with his tweets. Cohen was a strong advocate for free trade and argued that new tariffs on steel and aluminum would be detrimental to our economy. This is probably, I'm not going to say it's the end-all be-all, because it doesn't, the tax cuts are still there. But this is a flag. This is a big negative for me. Two, the Federal Reserve is is not, I don't say that they're marching interest rates higher, but right now they appear to be slowly marching interest rates higher. So I pay attention to that. So it's pretty big. Um, When you have smart people surrounding you, success or failure starts at the top. A lot of the people that have, you know, gone to bad for Donald Trump have left, has left him now. And people go, who's he going to replace him with? You know, at one point in time, everyone was kind of in love with Wall Street's decision, you know, and John Kelly, his, you know, chief of staff, because he can, you know, kind of snap Trump and keep him in line. But, uh, this administration's turning into a story. I know That's what's all I'll say. Uh, the stories that came out this week were pretty entertaining, to say the least. I and that's all I'm going to say. A mess. It's a mess. I know people who've inherited two two million plus dollars, and they blow through it pretty quickly because they've never been used to having it. So. Um, Stiefel Nicholas said pretty something pretty interesting. Said Netflix shares lower this morning. Analyst Scott DeVitt, he cut his rating on the stock to hold from buy. He said, the stock has sprinted ahead of fundamentals in the short term. Netflix shares are up nearly 70% uh, year to date. That's year to date. Um, okay, you follow on that? It's up more than 55% since 2017. Um, that's following a 55% move in 2017. So the analyst is not saying anything negative, but he's saying it just looks expensive. So he wrote that strong traction with international subscribers is shown by fourth quarter results and first quarter guide demonstrated the new trajectory higher for Netflix's international customers. Just saying it's too expensive for me or I don't want to pay that for this. It's worthy of note. So what else is out there? GE probably doesn't like the tariff issues. You know, another one that another question I get is when will housing prices fall, and why doesn't tech tumble? Like when do I get my chance to buy some of these companies? Because there's you could I can do a, a shopping list for you right now. Salesforce.com, Oracle, Microsoft, Amazon, Netflix, eBay, Match Group. Then you go kind of crazy with Twitter and Snap and IAC Interactive and Apple. But there's a good select spider out there called XLK, XLK. It'll make you see text resilience and it'll show you that it can be susceptible to major sell-offs if you take a look at a chart of XLK. Big event coming up tomorrow night. Can't wait to see you. Crown Plaza Hotel, Foster City. 6.30 to 8.30, I'll talk a little stocks, transition your portfolio, estate planning, choosing the right accounts. If you're heading towards retirement, this is for you. If you're in retirement and don't like your financial planner, come get some honest opinions. Social security strategies will be talked about, good and bad retirement products, and much, much more. Sign up at Rob Black's show. Use the code RADIO25.